You're listening to Comedy Central. February 12, 2019. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Our guest tonight is the Oscar-nominated writer and director of Black Klansman. Spike Lee is joining us, everybody! Yeah, he's, uh, he's not here for an interview. He's just here to yell at us from the sidelines. Also on the show, Blackfeet is the new blackface. The animal uprising has begun, and President Trump is almost finished building his wall. So let's catch up on today's headlines. Let's kick things off with a major story from the federal court in Brooklyn. If your dream was to be the biggest drug lord in the world, good news, a position has just opened up. Notorious Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman has been found guilty in his drug trafficking case. Convicted on all 10 criminal counts, now facing life in prison. Today, 12 Americans, four men and eight women, after 34 hours of deliberations over the course of six days, found him guilty on all 10 counts. El Chapo stared directly at the jury during the entire time the verdict was read, just staring at them as the jury stared back. Wow. El Chapo staring down the jury? That part I expected. But it's pretty gangster that the jury was staring back. <laughs> like, if I was on that jury, I'd be delivering the verdict like, oh, so I'm not really here. I don't know anything about this trial. <laughs> but they're sitting there just looking him in the eyes like, you think you're local, man? I like jury duty. Come on, El Chapo. <laughs> also, I like that part where they said 34 hours of deliberations. No, it was five minutes of deliberations and 33 hours and 55 minutes of booking flights out of the country, <laughs> getting their names changed, scheduling plastic surgery. Because you're gonna find El Chapo guilty, all right? They're always gonna find Mexican drug lord El Chapo guilty. He's Mexican drug lord El Chapo. That's a branding problem. Everyone knows him. It's like asking, what does Chance the Rapper do for a living? He raps. It's right there in his name. <laughs> of course, he's gonna be found guilty. Moving on, blackface. Feels like every day, there's a new story about this unfortunate trend in America. There was the governor of Virginia with his blackface story, his attorney general with his blackface story, the Gucci sweater, whatever that thing was from Prada. <laughs> and now, in the words of the great philosopher DJ Khaled, another one. Katy Perry is facing backlash for a shoe design that some say resembles blackface. Two of her Katy Perry collection's shoe features a face with those over-exaggerated red lips right there. You can see it. Although the shoes were also available in different colors, People quickly pointed out the problematic image of the black ones. The items have since been taken down online. You know, when black people said, you should put yourself in our shoes, <laughs> this is not what we meant. We meant Yeezys. <laughs> but yes, now Katy Perry has also come under fire for her shoes which resemble blackface. And look, I'll be honest, I don't think she was trying to recreate blackface. If anything, it looks like she was trying to recreate a crappy kindergarten project, but... <laughs> When you're living in a society where certain imagery has historically been used to dehumanize black people, you have to be extra sensitive. Like, you know what, here's a, here's a simple thing. If you're a fashion designer, here's a simple rhyme to help you. Red lips with white skin, that's a fashion win. Red lips with black skin, that shit's racist. <laughs> you remember that. 
And look, part of me was surprised that these shoes got caught up in the blackface scandal, but it didn't help when Ralph Northam wore them to his interview with Gail King. I don't think that helped the story at all. Yeah, apparently they're great for moonwalking. That's what I've heard. <laughs> and finally, a fun story from the TSA. Every year, they make a list of the strangest things they confiscated from our luggage. And now, they've revealed this year's top three. USA Today reports on the TSA's annual list of the wackiest items confiscated at airport checkpoints. Number three is a pair of giant scissors found at the Nashville International Airport. Number two is an inert mortar round discovered in a checked bag at the Indiana Regional Airport. And number one on the list is something horror movie character Freddy Krueger might travel with, a razor glove found at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport in Atlanta. A razor glove that Freddy Krueger would have... Oh, who's taking that and where? <laughs> That's such a bad idea. Although I feel like they could have gotten away with it if they just said, oh, no, this is my emotional support razor glove. That's what it is. <laughs> the scissors one is super sad, though. Yeah, because you know it means that right now there's a library somewhere that can't open. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our top story. <laughs> the border wall. What was once an outlandish promise from some guy who would never be president has turned into the country's fiercest political debate. And yesterday, President Trump and former El Paso Congressman Beto O'Rourke were in El Paso, Texas, making their case for and against the wall. So let's kick it off with Beto's rally, or as Trump would say, losers first. We stand for the best traditions and values of this country, for our fellow humanity, and who we are when we are at our best. We know that walls do not save lives. Walls end lives. Whoa. <laughs> walls end lives? That's terrifying. You're telling me this now? I mean, I don't want to freak anyone out, but there are four walls in this room right now. <laughs> They've got us surrounded. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, I, look, I know we don't like Trump, but I feel like this goes too far the other way. Just because you don't support his border wall doesn't mean you have to hate all walls in general. <laughs> yes, Trump's border wall is offensive. But don't forget, there are a lot of good walls out there, okay? Hard-working, everyday walls. <laughs> doing the jobs nobody wants to do. Holding up your pictures. Supporting ceilings and separating bedrooms from bathrooms. <laughs> you realize how many things we wouldn't be able to do without walls? Like, without walls, how would we have spontaneous sex? We couldn't, because you'd pick up the person and then you'd realize that you're not strong enough. You're never strong enough. <laughs> She's heavier than she looks. Now you're stumbling around. You're falling. There's no wall to catch you. And the neighbors can see you because there's no wall. And you're on the ninth floor, so you both fall to your death. <laughs> the point is, not all walls are bad. And look, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. There wasn't much comedy out of the Beto O'Rourke rally. It made sense. He doesn't mispronounce words. But the only piece of advice I would give him is, Beto, if you are going to run for president, you can't have conga drums in the background, okay? <laughs> that was him on stage. It's impossible to look presidential with conga drums in the background. Like, the Civil War would have turned out a lot differently if Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address in front of some congas. It's like, <laughs> four score and seven years ago, boo! We like slavery now! <laughs> So there were no major highlights out of the Beto rally. And on top of that, he still hasn't announced whether he's running for president or not. So 10,000 people basically went to watch some unemployed guy talk about his vision for America. <laughs> so if you wanted highlights last night, the DJT ratings machine had you covered. Because he was also in El Paso pushing for the wall. Although the timing was a bit weird. Because you see, just before the rally started, news broke that Congress had reached a bipartisan deal to give Trump $1.37 billion in funding 
for a border wall or some type of barrier. And I mean, that is nice for Trump that he got something, although if you've been paying attention, you'll realize it's actually $200 million less than Congress was ready to give him before the shutdown, out of the deal. <laughs> yeah, but Trump didn't care about all that. He was too excited about his rally to worry about these stupid details. I have to tell you, as I was walking up to the stage, they said that progress is being made with this committee. So maybe progress is being made, maybe not. But I had a choice. I could have stayed out there and listened, or I could have come out to the people of El Paso and Texas. I chose you. Just now, just now. I said, wait a minute, I got to take care of my people from Texas. I got to go. I don't even want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. Did he just turn into Bill Cosby there? What was that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I got to go. <laughs> Grab them by the pudding pop. Build the wall. But that was a pretty insane admission, right? President Trump is saying, instead of getting informed, and then passing that information on to his audience, he'd prefer to just get them riled up. Like, that's what he wants. He's like, they gave me... I was like, I don't need it. I want to go talk to the people. Thank God Trump is president and not my doctor. Like, the nurses wanted to show me a chart of your diagnosis, but I didn't have time for that. Time to slice and dice. <laughs> I have this Freddy Krueger glug I got from the TSA. <laughs> so the truth is, Trump was just in rally mode, right? He didn't care about the facts and the figures. In fact, he was so excited because he was going to release his remix to Build the Wall. Now... You really mean finish that wall because we've built a lot of it. Finish that wall. They've built a lot of it? Wait, what? <laughs> so now we're doing finish the wall? I don't know how much actual work they're doing on the border, but I guess in Trump's chant world, they're making a lot of progress. <laughs> yeah, build the wall. Finish the wall. Cool, we built the wall. Build another wall on top of the old wall. Double-decker wall. <laughs> Now, to be fair to Trump, even though zero new miles of wall have been built under Trump, when he says, we've built a lot of wall, Trump is talking about how he's upgraded some of the existing fencing into taller fencing. Yeah. So he solved the problem of smugglers who are determined to sneak drugs into America but are too lazy to buy a somewhat taller ladder. <laughs> and as we all know, border security isn't just about walls, right? And at one point, Trump started to talk about how dogs can also help detect drugs on the border. But much like a dog himself, Trump got distracted. We have equipment now that can spot drugs. It's incredible stuff. By the way, there is nothing better than a good old-fashioned German Shepherd. It's hard to believe. You do love your dogs, don't you? I wouldn't mind having one, honestly, but I don't have any time. How would I look walking a dog on the White House lawn? Would that be... A lot of people say, oh, you should get a dog. Why? It's good politically. I said, look, that's not the relationship I have with my people. We want to have... Yeah, Obama had a dog, you're right. Yeah, Obama had a dog! Ha, 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 ha! What? Did that guy just scream, Obama had a dog, like it's a bad thing? That's how much Trump has persuasion over his people at these rallies. He managed to turn white people against dogs. <laughs> Dogs! The thing white people love more than anything. <laughs> when white people are choosing a movie, they will refuse to watch anything where a dog dies. They'll be like, Molly and me is too sad. Let's watch Schindler's List. Let's do that. 
I don't want to see a dog dying. And by the way, I don't understand why Trump doesn't like dogs. Trump should love dogs. They pee all over your bed and you don't even have to pay them. <laughs> I know, bad dog, bad dog, bad dog. Who made that joke? Who made that joke? So last night's Trump rally was a Trump rally. He's gonna build a wall. The wall's almost finished. He'll build a wall out of dogs. The one new thing we did learn <laughs> is that in addition to words, the president seems to struggle with numbers too. By the way, we, I, we, I'm one and one. I'm one for one. Think of it. We're, we had one election, we won. Now we're gonna be two for all, and everything's gonna be perfect. Yep, 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 that's right. Trump is one for one, and if he wins again, he's gonna be two for O. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's not how math works. <laughs> but at least now we know how Trump successfully negotiated negative $200 million for his wall. We, I, we will be right back. <laughs> Animals, they're cute, they're cuddly, and sometimes they even pass legislation. <laughs> but sometimes animals can also be a bit much. So to help us cover the big animal stories in the news, we turn to our own daily show animal expert, my Australian cousin, with a new segment we call <laughs> These Animals. <laughs> Thanks, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, I used to like animals. That's why I became a zoologist or whatever this hat's for. Until one day, my animal hero, Steve Irwin, got stabbed in the heart by a bloody stingray. Everyone says stingrays are harmless, but try telling that to Steve. You can't because of a murdering stingray. So that's why I say, F these animals. <laughs> First on my shit list, polar bears. Yeah, the myth about these four-legged cotton balls is that they're always playing in the snow and drinking Coca-Cola. But in reality, they drink Pepsi and can slap a man's head clean off. <laughs> and recently, they've been invading Russian cities. The unusual invasion causing a state of emergency that has families afraid to leave their homes in one Russian town. It's a wild scene. Hungry polar bears and their cubs rummaging through a landfill even wandering down a hallway. In this small Arctic town, they've counted at least 52 bears. With sea ice disappearing, the endangered animals are spending more time on land. Oh, these bloody poor Russians. As if your winters weren't hard enough, how about we throw in some starving camouflage killing machines? <laughs> these animals! I hate polar bears for the same reason I hate pandas, right? They're very cute, but very deadly. They come in looking like a teddy bear, then they rip you apart. <laughs> yeah, getting attacked would be like, oh, so cute. Ah, I'm dying, but so cute, I'm cute dying. <laughs> Nobody would help you because they think it's adorable. Too busy filming on their sillies. Everyone's like, oh, now the bear's eating his legs. Oh, look how cute it is. <laughs> Meanwhile, down in South America, entire villages are getting overrun by one of Mother Nature's nastiest critters, the hippopotamus. A brief glimpse of a giant native only to Africa, now running wild in Colombia. The story of the hippo starts here, via Napolis, the former estate of Pablo Escobar, who in his heyday had four hippos smuggled here 
for his private zoo. It's not uncommon to spot a 3,000-pound hippo walking around town. The hippos are very dangerous. The hippos are territorial species. In Africa, hippos cause more human deaths than any other large animal. Yeah, what's worse than hippos? I'll tell you what, cocaine hippos. <laughs> Evidently, Pablo Escobar got so bored smuggling dope, he needed another challenge. Ah, drugs are too easy. Bring some illegal African land whales. That's right, I'm a South African doing an Australian accent, doing a Colombian accent. Take that, Meryl Streep! Take that! So now... So now old Pablo's been dead 25 years, but his hippos are still running around Colombia, ruining the ecosystem, and worse, causing traffic jams. F*** these animals! And by the way, kids, if you do see a hippo, leave the bloody thing alone. Just steer clear. They are the most lethal animal in Africa. That's right, even deadlier than the AIDS lions. <laughs> Trevor would confirm that, but he's gone to the loo. Anyway, <laughs> the thing about these giant unrideable pig horses is that they're pretty hard to get rid of. The hippos were then allowed to just roam free. Yes. And they Classical. had... They had offspring. Happen. How many are there now? Uh, about 50 hippos or... Or, or more. Uh, or more. There's a huge area, and uh, that's a paradise for the hippos. Paradise because they have no predators and ample food and water. Oh, blimey, those are some hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> and they went from four to 50 of them, so there are also some horny, horny hippos. <laughs> which, by the way, is the R-rated version of the game. Those aren't marbles in their mouth, mate. Look, people have to stop bringing animals to places where they don't belong. Not for the animals' sake. You know me, f*** these animals. But because every time they get brought somewhere, they end up screwing things up for us humans. Like this story out of Texas. The CBS Houston affiliate, KHOU, says a tiger was found inside an abandoned home. Authorities received an anonymous call yesterday from people who had gone into the home and, yes, discovered a tiger. They were going to go into this vacant house to smoke marijuana, and they discovered, uh, they were greeted by a large tiger. He's in a rinky-dink cage that could easily bust open. It was, it was secured with a uh, nylon strap. Now, this story pisses me off the most, because that tiger ruined those people's high. <laughs> Just imagine, you go into an abandoned house to smoke weed, and then you see a bloody tiger. You're probably like, what kind of weed is this? <laughs> that house cat looks like a tiger. So then you go, let me pet the cat. But guess what? It's a bloody tiger, mate. So it rips your arm clean off. Ah, you got one arm. And the worst part is that's the arm that had your joints in it. <laughs> these animals. Another thing that bothers me about the story is who moves out of their house and forgets their tiger? What bogan is leaving the house like, oh, keys, wallet, phone, what am I missing? Oh, yeah, my 300-pound jungle monster. <laughs> so to sum up, folks, hide your rubbish from bears, Never let drug lord hippos have unprotected sex. And you now have a second reason not to go into abandoned houses. The first reason's pedophiles. And don't forget, <laughs> these animals. Back to you, Trevor. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Australian Trevor. We'll be right back. The Daily Show. My guest tonight is a legendary filmmaker whose latest movie, Black Klansman, is nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Director. Please welcome Spike Lee. 
Welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. Uh, I could not help noticing your hat and your hoodie, 1619. If Governor Northam has taught me anything, it's that uh, that is a very significant year in America's history. Yes. 400 years ago today, this year, slaves were brought from Africa to Jamestown, Virginia. Right. 400 years. So I just felt that uh, that's part of American history and we need to know about it. Right. 400 years to this year, Jamestown, Virginia. And I, you think it's ironic all this stuff is happening about race in Virginia starting back to recently, back to Charlottesville. When you look at the news today and you look at the movie you made, Black Klansman, I remember watching that film and going, I cannot believe that this story takes place this many decades ago and yet feels like a movie from 2018. I think it's an example of uh, how we've made progress, but not as much as we hope to be. Right. When our brother Obama, President Obama, 44, when he put his hand, when he put his hand on that Bible, I kept reading stuff about post-racial something. Like the moment his hand touched that Bible, hocus pocus, <laughs> whatever it was, was gone. Gone, evaporated. Right. I did not drink that Kool-Aid. I didn't, I didn't believe it one second. It's, it's, it's an interesting time. Uh, you know what, what I think connected with so many people about your film is that if you haven't watched it, it, it genuinely is. It's an amazing film. It's funny. It's right. gripping. It's, it, 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 it's historical at the same time. And it's a powerful story about a black man who infiltrates the KKK over the phone just by saying the right racist things to them. But what's interesting, especially in that clip that we saw, mm. is that even then, the KKK is starting to evolve and they're saying, guys, we can't function as an overt David racist Duke. organization. Right. The Grand Wizard. He's David saying... Duke. We need to be racist in a way that's palatable to other white people. Take Why is that so important? Take off the hood, the cape, and put on a suit and tie. Right. Why was that so important for you to put into the movie? What I tried to do, along with my co-writer, Kevin Wilmot, we wanted to connect the past with the present. We just not want people to look at the film and say, oh, this something's happened in the 70s and forget about it. Right. To make it, to tell the best story that we knew as filmmakers, we had to connect the past with the present. That's why I think it's resonated so, so, not just the United States, but globally. Right. This film has has made an impact. It's made an impact not just with audiences, but with uh, the Academy as well. Nominated for six Academy Awards, which is amazing. (laughs) Really amazing. That's amazing. (laughs) And this honestly surprised me, your first nomination for Best Director. And Best Picture. And Best Picture. Yeah. That's, that seems like a long time coming for Spike Lee. <laughs> no, no, no look, like, like what's interesting is, I mean, it's hard for you to say this of yourself, but it, it feels like for a long time people have said, look, we're not saying that this is a, against black people, but you have to think of voters. Who are the people who are voting anytime, for... Anytime, for me, anytime, you know, there's some type of award, the first time I ask myself, who is voting? Yes. And it was April Rain who started the hashtag Oscar So White. Right. And Cheryl Boone Isaacs, who was the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Those two sisters, African-American women, both of them put stuff forward 
So the voting members would be more diverse. I would not have got six nominations or anybody since then, since hashtag Oxo White, if not for the diversity of the voting membership. And when you when you it wasn't look- like that back in 1989. No, not at all. When you when you look at when you look at the year when uh, Do the Right Thing was 1989. Right. Another you- summer. Uh huh. Bring a funky drummer. <laughs> That's Public Enemy. Fight the power. You 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 had a film that was many people uh, said was snubbed in favor of Driving Miss Daisy, uh, which was a movie about uh, a black person in a car with a white person. <laughs> And Green Book is nominated this year, another movie with a black person and a white person in the car. Are you having flashbacks? You know what? I hope the New York Knicks get Zion. <laughs> Number one playing college basketball, Duke University. So we're losing games. Hopefully you get him. That's my answer. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. Good luck to you for the show. And congratulations on your Oscar nominations. (laughs) Black Klansman is currently in select theaters and available on demand. Spike Lee, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.